We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also follow me or connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Tracy Brinkman. From hitting the rock bottom of drugs, divorce, vacancy, and even the death of an 18-month-old daughter to running the planning and marketing of some of corporate America's finest companies to his own marketing company, helping small business owners be seen. And now his podcast focused on driven dark horse enterprises. Tracy Brinkman is also a business and success coach that realizes life isn't fair and participation awards do not feed your family or your drive to succeed. All right, Tracy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Lori. Thank you for having me. I am excited for this conversation. I'm sure you've got some fascinating stories to share with our listeners. <laughs> some scary um, ones, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just dive into reputation a little bit. What is the importance sure. of reputation on and offline? You know, I think uh, reputation sometimes flies under the radar anymore. I mean, if you think even way back to the early days, and when I say early days, I mean pre-internet, you know, word of mouth was a, was a big marketing uh, tactic. And when someone told you about a great business or just somebody that they met, uh, you took their word for it. So now if you take that into the, the new era of being online on your phone or on your computer, you know, you're doing that same thing, but you're doing that with people you don't even know. As you're looking at a business, you're looking up online and say, wow, uh, this looks like what I what I need as you're shopping. And then you kind of cruise through their reputation. And if they got the five-star rating, you're like, hey, right on. And I think what's really unique about this is you're taking the word of people you don't even know where in the past, it would have been, like I said, those, uh, you know, those friends and family and acquaintances uh, advice you would have gotten. So I think it's really huge to pay attention to your reputation on and offline. Mm-hmm. I agree with that 100%. I mean, that's your reputation can make or break, you know, whatever future is in front of you. Yeah. And I I think one of the things is, you know, and I think we have, uh, you know, the Amazons of the world to thank for this, this new, uh, this new view is uh, if, if all else is the same and someone's shopping for your services or whatever it is you're offering, um, if, if all else is the same, Uh, And they look at it and say, oh, you've got 4.5 stars and this other person's got five stars. Well, they're probably going to lean towards the person with with the five stars, you know, and I'm being I cut. I'm obviously oversimplifying everything. I think the other piece of that is if someone goes through and looks at, uh, you know, some of the reputation reviews and sees that a couple of, you know, you got lots of five stars, but they're old. Well, then it's like, well, gosh, are they still just as good as they were six months ago? Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other side of that is if you have some um, low graded 
reviews and you address them in a personal, professional and courteous manner, uh, and I'll speak for myself, um, I've seen lots of folks, you know, that will issue a, a one, a two, a three star review and put some comments in there. And, and you read through where the, the vendor has replied back, hey, I'm sorry, here, we'll, we'll fix this right away. You know, the review is still there, but at least you can see that that uh, that business person is is engaged in the conversation and not ignoring the quote unquote holes in their business. Mm-hmm. Oh. So there, I mean, there's that, that's a huge piece of the a piece of the pie as well. Absolutely. I mean, the monitoring reviews, reputation overall is so vital. And as, as you're speaking, like the Amazons of the world, yeah. as consumers, we've just basically been trained to make buying decisions based on the experiences that other people have that are yeah. the, the documented experiences that other people have. A- absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think, uh, um, another piece of this that's missed by a lot of folks, especially the smaller entrepreneurs, is marketing your reputation. Say, hey, you know, I have all these great reviews. Let's use that in our marketing. And marketing could be just, you know, having a widget on your website that kind of rotates through some of the recent reviews. Hey, John Smith said, I got five stars that we had a great experience and they'll be back soon. You know, whatever those are, or, you know, using it in your print material, if you're still doing print material, or, you know, as little sliders as part of a presentation that you give to a, a prospect. You know, now you're, you're you're using that social influence, that uh, that credibility from those uh, from those reviews. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. There's a lot of value in letting the world know that you are pretty awesome, right? <laughs> right. Stand on the rooftops and shout it out loud. Totally. Um, so let's talk a little bit about time. Why should we mm-hmm. stop trading time for money? I think this is probably one of the biggest issues a lot, I see a lot of uh, starting entrepreneurs get involved in, um, especially in the, the coaching uh, arena that uh, you know, I tend to service is like uh, they trade those hours for dollars. Um, and I think the, limita- limit, the limitation on that is that we only have 24 hours a day. Right. So if you say, you know what, I'm going to charge one hundred fifty dollars an hour, uh, you can only make that many, you know, 150 times a 24, that's it. That's your cap. Um, and you'll burn yourself out trying to maximize that cap where if you can start trading value for money, now you're, now you can a raise your quote unquote hourly rate and then B work less and make more. Does that make sense? Well, who doesn't want to do that? (laughs) <laughs> Amen. Right. <laughs> and, and I think I, I was uh, I was chatting with a, a bookkeeper person, not a bookkeeper person. That was good speech. And right. Um, <laughs> a, a, a bookkeeping client. And uh, he was saying, oh, here, I, I can only reach this level here because of just that fact. You know, I'm doing bookkeeping, which takes time. And I said, well, if you went through the books and identified some areas of opportunity for your client and then said, hey, as part of my services, we're going to do this week, this, you know, call it a quarterly, a monthly, whatever makes sense to you for that client um, uh, meeting. We'll just get on a Zoom call. We'll get on the phone, whatever it takes. Give me 15, 20 minutes 
minutes of your time and let me share with you some of the things I've identified from my side of the chair and opportunities for you. It could be cost savings opportunities. It could be re- you know missed revenue opportunities from the trends that I'm seeing inside your numbers. I said, now you share that with a client, that's value. They're going, oh my gosh, I have to keep Mr. Bookkeeper around forever because they're helping me see things I missed as I was going through the books. And now you can upcharge as a result of adding that value and they'll be far willing, uh, far more willing to pay for that. Yeah. I think that's great. Um, uh, it's a different way to look at it and, you know, service companies specifically should really be focusing on value Mm -hmm. instead of versus time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So let's talk about building a team. Um, why should I have build a team or have a mentor or a coach? Uh, well, obviously, I'm in the coaching arena, so mm-hmm. that's I, I'm kind of biased there. But I think one of the greatest things I ever did coming up through my career, even when I was in corporate America, was having a mentor and having a coach to teach me the tips, the tricks, and the potholes of the trade to um, speed up my learning curve and avoid some of the potholes that, you know, could definitely sink a career, if not just, if not sink it, but certainly slow you down. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can, you know, like they say, ride on the shoulders of giants, well, then you are going to, you know, ride a lot faster and get to your destination a lot quicker. So that's a big thing about coaches and mentors. And, you know, they don't always have to be hired out. I mean, certainly there are barter opportunities. There are lots of organizations that you'll meet folks that the, the uh, ladies and gentlemen in those environments will certainly be willing to help uh, an up and comer or a newbie or even an experienced person. So it's not always a, Hey, I'm going to go out and hire this coach and they're going to teach me these things. There's uh, a myriad of opportunities out there, you know, meetups everywhere nowadays. Um, and, and when it comes to a team, uh, I think one of the biggest, another one of the things I see entrepreneurs make the mistake of is, you know, they're they're starting up, you know, they're running lean and mean and things start to work for them, right? The gears start turning, the cash starts coming in. And because they're so used to it and entrepreneurs really, they're, it's their baby, right? They birthed it from their mind and now it's growing up and it's bringing in cash. They don't want to let go of, of aspects that maybe they're not great at, but they've been able to get it to this point, hiring members into your, bringing them into your fold that are great at, I don't know, copywriting or website design or email strategy, you know, email content and, and marketing, you know, bringing those folks in, you know, uh, okay, I'm, I'm doing so well. I have an opportunity to take this piece and break it away from me, which frees me up to do the stuff I'm excellent at and, hire in someone in here that's maybe at least as good as me, if not better. Now the two of us together will get more done in less time, which again, comes back to that. Let's not trade our hours for dollars opportunities. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Love that. There's a lot of value packed in that. I think uh, I really liked your analogy about riding on the giant shoulders too (laughs) and moving, moving faster, um, getting to your goal. Uh, quicker by just surrounding those that have kind of made it big uh, already, or, it, or at it, least have more experience than you have. Amen. And it, it just takes one tip. I, uh, I was being coached by a gentleman in the podcasting world and I had done podcasting before and I thought, well, 
I'll take the opportunity. I, I don't want to be arrogant to say, oh, I've done this before. I know everything about podcasting, right? And that's the that's the uh, opinion I could have taken. But I decided, no, you know, things have changed in the past couple of years. I put down the microphone. Now I'm picking it back up. Let me see what I can learn from someone that's doing it and doing it successfully. And there was probably about three or four tricks. I was like, oh, my God, each one of these is worth the value I paid to have you sit down and chat with me. And now I've saved myself, you know, hours and hours and hours of time and sped up my trajectory to monetizing, you know, my podcast and, you know, and building the audience I'm looking for. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love it. So um, the goal here of this podcast is to really mm -hmm. focus on networking and help alleviate any fears that people might have once they, once they hear that word. So can you share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? Um, I think one of my favorites was, it was a, about two or three years ago, uh, I was attending the Direct Tech Conference in Las Vegas. And DirectTech is a, a piece of software that uh, a number of uh, retailers use. And, uh, um, you know, they're all you know, just like any other conference. You know, there's the big sessions and then there's all the breakout sessions. And uh, I always have made it um, a point to break away from my clique, you know, my, my team that would be attending together. And it was like three or four of us and go sit amongst folks that I have no idea who they are. Right. And that takes a little bit of courage. Right. You, you got to be willing to put yourself out there. Totally. But you learn so much in the process. And of course, you meet new folks and you learn new tips and tricks from how they're using, in this case, in my scenario, how they're using the software versus how we were using it internally. Um, and you're like, oh, wow, I'm going to go back and I'm going to go try that. So I, I think trying that for the first time, you know, I had done it like a little bit in the past, but this time I went into it saying, okay, Every session, I'm going to sit with someone I don't know and I haven't met yet and really broaden my horizons about the, uh, the retail world, the software that's being, uh, being chatted about and just grow my, uh, my, my experiences with the, with the other folks. And, you know, I have probably about half a dozen of those folks I still chat with on a regular basis today, um, even though I've been away from that software two, three years now. Wow. That's awesome. I love that you stood outside of your own comfort zone and um, attended a big event and yeah. connected with people. I mean, that's so many people have fear around that and it just get outside of that bubble and magic mm -hmm. happens. And that's yeah, really what I it comes down to. <laughs> I, I found the trick for me when it came to that. And I, I'm, I'm lucky enough and I'm pretty outgoing, right? I'm the social butterfly. No problem talking to people if they're strangers. But, you know, it's still kind of weird. You got those butterflies in your stomach. Um, but the trick I found that worked for me whenever I'm networking uh, a new group of folks is really asking about them. Mm -hmm. Right? So, and it does two things. One it gets the pressure off me because I'm not talking. I get to listen and I get to learn about them and, you know, and hear all the great stories that they have to tell. And it makes them more comfortable with me, right? Oh, well, this guy isn't here trying to pitch me anything. He just wants to learn about me. And as long as you're sincere in that desire to learn, people are happy to engage with you. And then finally, they will turn around and ask, so what do you do? And, you know, what's your business? And, you know, and then, and then you answer. Yeah, I, I think that there's so much truth to putting 
the focus on the person that you're trying to build the relationship with, as opposed to, you know, let's, let's just talk about me the whole time. <laughs> exactly. And I think that's the challenge that so many folks, you know, they practice their uh, quote unquote elevator speech that, you know, the minute it's, uh, it's asked of them, they just kind of blurt it out and it, it, nah, just, just chill, relax. It's all good. You know, <laughs> I was at, uh, I was at a conference down in Florida, probably about a decade ago now. And, uh, you know, I had done one of my early, okay, I'm going to sit with someone different, but it wasn't like I was going to do it every single time. And I sat at this different table and we were chitting, chatting in the particular session. It was, probably three quarters into the day and it was going to last the rest of the day. And it was pretty oh, yawn inspiring is the phrase I'll use. <laughs> and the gentleman goes, you know, he leaned on me and says, oh, so which, uh, what do you think about uh, bolting out of here pretty soon? I said, yeah, I was thinking about heading over to Disney world. We were actually in Florida. He goes, Oh, I got a buddy that uh, can get me tickets. You, would you like to get me to get you a couple of tickets? I'm like, yeah, sure. He went over, made a phone call, came back. He says, you just go to gate and tell, you know, tell them your name and they're ready for you. Wow. I didn't even know the guy. That's awesome. Yeah. And I was just because I engaged Mm -hmm. and was interested in what he had to say and who he was and what he was doing. He was reciprocating, uh, you know, paying back with uh, free tickets to Disney World. I was like, right on. (laughs) Very cool. Yeah, you can't yeah. complain about that one. <laughs> no. So as you continue to build your network, obviously it's important to stay in touch with and connect and nurture the relationships that you've established. How do you mm-hmm. best nurture your network and your community? You know, I periodically just randomly reach out to folks. Like if I haven't heard from someone, say like a, like a Tony, I'll just reach out and say, hey, how are things going in Tony's world? And just kind of really restart that dialogue. And, you know, sometimes folks will just say, oh, it's going great. And they'll, they'll leave it at that. And, you know, you know, sometimes you got you to gotta poke and prod a little bit. Hey, any new projects? How's business going? You know, how's the fam? Um, again, it's just uh, randomly reaching out. I think one of the things is pretty good to do uh, in the new social media world, if you're following them, is if you see something that uh, they post um, that really resonates with you, don't just give them a like, you know, drop in a comment, you know, mm-hmm. engage with them. That's the whole purpose of, I think, so, some of the social media, and we miss it. Go ahead and engage with it. Uh, I think platforms uh, like LinkedIn are probably a little bit more business oriented than a Facebook or an Instagram. But, you know, a lot of folks, uh, especially in the entrepreneurial world, are using all those platforms to to share their message. And you, if you find a piece of content, again, that really resonates, engage with it totally. or even share it and add your comment on top of it. Hey, my buddy, Tony, he shared this, man. I totally resonate with it. Here, I want to share it with my fam as well. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I think just acknowledging someone's efforts of posting content online beyond just a simple like can actually really show them that you you're listening and and that you're paying attention to what they have to say. Absolutely. All right, Tracy, what advice would you offer the business professional who's looking to grow their network? Ah. Uh, I think it, it's almost too easy to say, get out there and, and engage with folks, um, you know, find, and it, it, of course that's a little bit more challenging right now as we're recording this, given the, uh, you know, the whole COVID-19 uh, mm-hmm. environment, yep. but certainly a lot of the uh, um, meetup opportunities have gone online uh, and some of them are starting to go live again. 
Uh, so certainly put yourself out there. Uh, you got, here's the thing about putting yourself out there. It, everyone, there's a number of folks that will say it takes courage, which is fact, but here's the real trick. Now, the, this is called the, the mindset shift for you is you don't have to be brave for the whole hour or half hour, however long the meeting is. You only got to be brave for three seconds. <laughs> the three seconds that follow when someone looks at you and says, hi, who are you? You know, or mm -hmm. hi, my name is Tracy and you are sure. now muster up that courage for three seconds, respond, right? Ask them a question about what they do, sit back and listen, right? And while you're listening, now you can get those butterflies to fly in formation. Like I was mentioning earlier, just get them to fly in formation because you know that question's coming. So what do you do? And mm -hmm. you know, what do you, why are you here? Um, and, and come there a little bit prepared, you know, don't, don't make it sound like you have this canned speech together, but, you know, have a couple of, uh, you know, answers to what would be canned questions. What do you do? Right. What brings you here? Those kind of standard questions, be ready to answer them. So you're not like, uh, 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 uh you, you know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Have it and, and practice and, it. You know, I think that's exactly it. And I think the other thing is, is go to, the meetings or the conferences or the meetups, wherever you're going to try and engage with folks that really interest you or could be uh, valuable connections to you. Right. So that should be interesting to you. Uh, don't go to the ones just because you think you can make a sale. Uh, I think those ones, your whole heart's not into it. And somewhere at some level, it will show right? You won't be connecting with the people at the same level. Or if you go to an environment where you're like, oh man, I'm totally digging on this topic that the presenter is going to be given. And I have an opportunity to, you know, network with some folks that I can probably help. And, you know, maybe they can help me too. Now you're, there'll be a different energy you'll, you'll be projecting. Yep. It'll be a different energy you'll even have inside you at the same time. Yeah. I, I love that. I think mindset is so important and just going in prepared is, is really what you're talking about. It's uh, so, right. so important. Um, yeah, because even though you may not be thinking, you know, you may not be thinking positively, you know, you're projecting what it is that's going on in your head. Yeah. So if you've got, you know, I don't want to be here and why I'm here, like people, you're just kind of pushing people away from you at that point. Yeah. And, it could be something as subliminal as, you know, a look on your face or you're just your body language. You know, how are your, where are your hands at as you're standing there talking to someone or, you know, are your arms crossed in front of you and you're kind of giving them that, all right, I'm going to listen to you because I know it's expected of me vibe. Or are you just kind of chill and relaxed, sure. right? And you're yeah. kind of leaning into the conversation. Totally. So Tracy, if you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? Oh my goodness. My 20 year old self. Uh, well, we haven't told any of my backstory, which is probably a good thing. I mean, in the intro, you alluded to it. Mm -hmm. I think if I went back and talked to my 20 year old self, I would say, stay away from drugs. Um, I had a dark time and I was actually doing very successful. I came out of the military and um, and started a, uh, a custom database programming business right at the uh, early stages of the dot-com boom mm -hmm. and uh, got successful. And I went down a dark path. So first thing I'd be telling myself is, right, stay away from 
the things that are going to derail you. And mm-hmm. in my case, it was drugs and alcohol back then. Uh, I think from a business perspective for anybody, it's anything, right? Anything that's going to derail you that could be people as well. Um, I think so many business folks have this fire in their belly to grow their business or to create something that they want to sell, something of value that they're going to sell. And they're like, oh man, this is going to kill it in the market, right? And then (laughs) some trusted person, a mom, a dad, a brother, a sister, a best friend says, yeah, yeah, I don't see it, man. I don't see it. Right. And all of a sudden, wah, wah, wah. you know, their dream dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say, go on, give it a shot. Put yourself out there. The worst thing is going to happen is the market's going to look at you and say, yeah, no, I don't think so. Okay. Well, now you have results. Now you have the decision to take those results and say, all right, well, why don't you like it? And then tweak it and reintroduce it. Or you could just walk away. Uh, I'm of the mindset that I will never be on my um, front porch on a rocking chair in my 80s and regret having tried. I'll never regret having tried. I, I won't even regret failing, right? I will regret not having tried. Yeah. Yeah, that's powerful. I think that's really important um, to give it a try. And, and don't let whatever it is, friends and family, hmm you know, discourage you. If anything, mm-hmm. you should use that as motivation. <laughs> I'll show and, them. <laughs> I'll, exactly. Oh yeah. You just challenged me. Watch this. <laughs> I think the, I think the other piece of advice that would be great for anyone. And I, I would have given my 20 year old self would be to ask trusted folks what my number one skill is, because it was probably another decade and a half before someone said, well, you know, you do this so well. And it was my whole geek thing on computers, right? It was just, can you teach me how to do that? And I was at the point at that, you know, a decade and a half later, and, you know, everyone was on, you know, the computers and doing this and Excel that and, you know, WordPress that. And uh, I was doing it, and it was so easy that I felt it was easy for everyone. And there, you know, I had some friends going, no, you, you don't seem to get it. I have no idea what you just did. And I I was watching you over your shoulder. Please teach me. So most of us, I'm going to back up. All of us have some inherent skill inside of us that we think is so easy that it might not have a value in the market, right? Ask someone that you trust, what do you think my number one skill is that I think is so easy? And you're like, whoa, how do you do that? And there, therein lies probably the secret sauce that you can add to your business, to your coaching, or to your product and take it to the market. And now it's uniquely you, and most folks won't be able to copy that. Well, I think that's great. I love that. Lots, again, lots of high impact information that you're sharing here. <laughs> <laughs> um, how about a fun one here? So we've all heard the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you could do it within the six degree? Uh, yes, I am one degree away from the person I really want to connect with. And that would be Brian Tracy. Cool. Uh, Brian Tracy has just been one of those guys that I have followed his career, gosh, probably since the late 80s, early 90s. And uh, he's just been one of those icons of, you know, not just uh, personal development, but certainly a businessman as well. I mean, the things he's built and the things he's done, 
across the course of his career. And I was lucky enough to interview a gentleman on my show not too long ago, uh, John Tellerico, who's a friend of Brian Tracy's, I come to find out. Oh, fun. Um, and who, yeah, who's also a uh, business partner with Les Brown. So cool. now I am, I am one degree away from the two guys I would love to get on, you know, I would love to connect with, if not to get on my show to interview like this, but certainly to sit down and just have a chat with and pick their brains for, you know, 60 minutes or so and, and walk away with, uh, you know, just this wealth of information. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm sure there's tons of great insights you'd get having a one-to-one conversation. <laughs> oh, amen. And, and I think today with with the internet and LinkedIn and all these connections that we have, we're probably even closer than six degrees uh, than we used to be. I would um, agree with that, actually. You know, um, and you just got to be willing to go out there and ask for it. Totally. Uh, just ask and... yeah. A little leg work, know you know, you got to just, you, you never know, know what's going to happen. I reached out to a gentleman. I thought, you know what? I'm never going to get this interview, but I just heard back from his PA probably about 20 minutes ago. He said, oh yeah, he'd love to have an interview with you, but he's got a limit to 20 minutes. I'm like, done. I can do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Very cool. Um, all right. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What's something you'd like to ask me? Well, what got you into the whole social media aspect of things? Um, Well, I started my company in 2008 Mm -hmm. and we started strictly doing website design and development. Um, And that's still 50% of our business. um, So definitely expertise in that area. Uh, But, you know, once things started moving along in in the social and Google and all these other places, um, my clients would ask me, well, like, well, how do I do this? How do I get found in Google? Um, Should Mm -hmm. we have a Facebook page? And I would I would just say yes. And here's how to do it. Um, And their response was, um, well, can you do it for me? (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course I can. So then we really shifted our offerings from strictly web dev um, to being more of a holistic uh, digital marketing agency. Um, Yes. Yeah. And I love it. It it is kind of a natural progression. So uh, um, quick follow-up question on that. Mm -hmm. In, in the new social landscape do you do you are you a proponent of making sure your clients or just people in general uh businesses in general have their own space or is it okay just to have oh i got this great facebook page and i have this great instagram page and you know etc um as far as like their own website or mm-hmm. yeah, yes. I'm a hundred percent an advocate that they should have their own website because at the end of the day, they don't own Facebook or Instagram yep. or YouTube. And really those I would view as, as tools to help drive people yes. to the content that they own, which is their website. Totally agree. And I was actually asking that because, you know, I get lots of the folks I chat with, you know, asking similar questions and that's my answer. It's like, dude, you, you don't own Facebook, right? Yep. <laughs> you want to, you, you want to set things up to, you know, in, in a good manner to, to drive people to you. But at the end of the day, you know, you could get turned off. Yep. Um, 100%. A, a gentleman, a gentleman whose podcast I listened to, he's out in Australia, his Facebook account got hacked and he's been doing his, I don't know, his podcast for 
at least he's on episode like 650. So mm-hmm. he's been around a while, right? Sure. Um, and Facebook will not give him his account back because the, the hacker posted things that were very non-American. I don't even want to go into where, where he went with it, but it was very, very dangerous stuff that was being posted as it was hacked. And he's like, uh, you know, so literally he's lost that connection. He had this great interactive Facebook group where people went and they actually dialogued with each other. It wasn't like this, you know, link dropping environment, but yeah. So he's feeling the pain of that, but luckily he had already had his long going website and he consistently drove folks there. Um, so he hasn't lost everything, but Oh my gosh, I would, I'd hate to be the person that drove their business through a social platform they don't own. And then something happened to them where they could no longer do it. Sure. Yeah. I've heard of a number of stories um, similar to that, unfortunately, where, you know, they're doing great generating a ton of business off of a specific channel. And then mm-hmm. either they got hacked, like you said, or the channel shifted, you know, yeah. such as, you know, Facebook, a couple of years ago, you had a page and you, yeah could get awesome exposure. And then they're like, well, let's make businesses pay for this exposure. And now you you basically have to put money behind anyone seeing your posts. So, yeah. um, And, you know, given the fact that they are a business too, you can't slight them for that. Their objective is to make a a mighty dog just like you are. So, Mm -hmm. you know, so I totally, I get it. I wasn't happy about it. I was one of those guys that was doing good with a Facebook page and it was like, Mm -hmm. yeah, Darn it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So uh, here, one more question, if sure. we still have time, is uh, if, if you look forward, what do you see on the landscape when it comes to websites? And You know what? That, that's Let me back away. As you look forward with the advent of all these amazing tools that are starting to come around like uh, ClickFunnels and, and GrooveSell and, you know, tools like that where the we'll call them the average Jane or Joe can throw up a page pretty easily that looks pretty decent. How do you think that's going to impact the landscape of websites and and social? Um, At the end of the day, I think the most important part is strategy. Mm -hmm. Strategy is understanding the message, understanding your audience and really having a key, um, very clear, action that you want people to take. And, and I've seen this even with like, you know, DIY websites, which have been around, you know, the Wixes of the world. Um, the one thing that they lack is strategy. And I think that's going to be the same thing that happens with all of these click funnels and tools, um, that are out there. Um, but I think it's still, you know, people want to know the backstory. Sometimes there is that instant conversion that happens and those are Mm -hmm. great. Um, Mm -hmm. but you have to think bigger than, you know, do you want the quick win or are you looking for a lifetime client? There's the magic right there. There's, and that requires strategy. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that's the difference between a paid ad and SEO, right? If Correct. I, if, I, <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I if I break it down to simple tools that, you know, most folks understand, it's like, oh, yeah, you can get a quick win. Go throw 5, 10, 15, 20 bucks over here and you'll get a sale. Or 
you can you know work on the long term and now you marry those two together you can get some quick wins and then start getting the long-term wins and start dialing down one over the other yeah a hundred percent and that that's the approach that i i think you need a combination of the short term and the long term yeah i'm with you on that one (laughs) (laughs) um great questions thank you very much so tracy do you have any final words of advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network you know, I, I think I'm just going to take a moment to repeat myself. Put yourself out there. And then as you're putting yourself self out there, follow that with just being who you are, right? Don't try to put on some sort of mask for somebody. Um, they're going to accept you for who you are. And I think if you put that mask on, it will slip at some point, And then they're going to be questioning your authenticity. Whereas... If you're yourself all the time, they may look at you a little tip-headed at first, like, okay, what's this guy going on, right? He's got uh, the long hair and the beard, but that's cool, all right? I'm I'm jiving with what he's saying, and pretty soon they're not seeing the the mask anymore. They're just seeing you. So Mm -hmm. put yourself out there and just be you because you're not trying to capture everybody, right? There's enough business for everybody. Uh, you want to capture the people that are going to resonate with you that you want to work with and the, that make you happy to service and that are happy to get service from you. I think that's great. I love that. I love the, you know, be you mm-hmm. and just keep being you because <laughs> then you're going to attract the right type of people. And if you're trying to be something you're not, you're not going to attract the people that you want to be hanging out with. Correct. And, and just make sure that, you know, in your, that, that same you is depicted in all of your marketing and content that you're putting out. Right. So that it's always, uh, it uh, always aligns with who you are. So if, if you're putting out this kind of content and your website looks like this, Oh, I look like I wear a three piece suit. I do not wear a three piece suit. I'm a jeans and polo shirt and t-shirt kind of guy. So if I'm putting out this image of I'm a three piece suit guy, and then you finally see me, you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Right. You're going to be put off. It's going to take you aback. There's going to be that, that disconnect and I'll have to repair that. So if I just put out casual uh, content with good information and then you see me, you're like, Oh, t- I, that's exactly what I thought he would look like. Yeah. I love it. I think that's great. Great advice. Um, All right. So Tracy, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what is the best way they can reach you? Uh, I'm going to say the obvious one, the website. (laughs) (laughs) Easiest way to get a hold of me would be, again, through the website, Mm -hmm. darkhorseschooling.com. From there, you know, all the socials are there. If you want to, you know, follow me on Facebook or LinkedIn or, you know, Instagram, what have you. Uh, Also there, you can, uh, you know, connect to the podcast, the uh, Dark Horse Entrepreneur, listen to some of the interviews uh, that we've done. And I do also do some solo episodes and we've got a big surprise coming up towards the end of September. So you'll want to be geared up to hear about that as well. Awesome. That's great. We'll include that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Fantastic conversations and great insights that you shared. 
This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Tracy for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com and search for Social Capital Network. If you need me, send me an email at laurie at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.